Hey guys, it's Kathy here from Geek Girl Meetup UK and you're joining me for the latest episode of Geek Girl Meets where we sit down with an awesome lady in tech to talk to her about her career in order to inspire you at home. And today I am joined by someone who has just flown in from Berlin. I think this is the first time ever that someone has flown in and the first thing they're doing is a Geek Girl Meets podcast. This I is a big you moment. I love that much, Kathy. I, oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> Uh, so I am joined by Alexa Schoen. Alexa, thank you for coming all the way to London for Geek Girl Meets. I came exclusively for this <laughs> podcast interview. You better believe it. Uh, so yeah, so Alexa has flown in and she's awesome. She's one of these amazing women that does multiple different things and is just an all-round rock star. So day-to-day, -day, you are a user experience copywriter. I am. And you consult for a lot of the kind of key players within the Berlin ecosystem. So Rocket Internet, Zalando, who else is on your list? I get your guide. I do some work with Olala. Uh, I'm in and out of the factory a lot, dealing with their communities. So yeah, always, always poking my head around. It's a nice thing about being an independent consultant as you get a pulse on what's happening. Cool. Yeah. So this is where you are now. Yes. If I take you all the way back mm -hmm. to when you were a little girl, mm. what did you want to be when you were growing up? Two answers come to mind immediately. Uh, I saw Legally Blonde three days in a row because I loved it so much. Oh my so I God. decided I wanted to be a lawyer. Can we please do quotes? <laughs> yes. Please. Uh, absolutely. I think, I actually, I was writing my newsletter a couple weeks ago and I used the gif like, what? Like, it's hard? <laughs> See, my favorite bit is still, hi, I'm Elle Woods and this is Bruce Woods and we're both Gemini vegetarians. <laughs> Whoever said orange is new pink was seriously disturbed. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Back on track, though. So you want to be a lawyer? I thought about being a lawyer, uh, and then I think I, I don't know. Legally Blonde two came out, and, and the idea went out of my brain. Um, and then the other thing I remember wanting to be is an architect. Actually, I remember I spent about six weeks. My parents were building a house when I was young, and and I just thought it was so amazing to kind of be in charge of constructing someone's space like that. So that's another one that I remember. Okay, so how do we get from legally blonde, lawyer, architect, mm. to where you are now? And also, just for context, you're moving over from the States to Berlin. Yes, these are some great questions. Yes. And it is actually a very, um, this is where my personal narrative anxiety totally kicks in. I was actually giving a talk last night in Berlin, uh, and one of these classic networking things, they were like, give us 12 minutes, like skip past the bullshit, like tell us what's really going on. And so I got up and gave a talk and I said, I don't know if I have a career problem or a personal branding problem because I am a user experience consultant and I also do two other big things with my time that I think you know, I'm a, a professional jazz singer. Yeah. And I just started a new business in the career and education space. Uh, and so it's funny to think about that back from when apparently I wanted to be an architect at age 12. And as an ex-English major, I think I can tell you that I can see how the architect mindset plays into everything I do because I really like helping people construct parameters and see things in different ways. Yeah. And even coming in, we're recording today in your beautiful office at, at Second Home and the energy that you get when you enter into a space. I've always had big fantasies about that. And I also, maybe going forward into my retirement plan, I have this obsession with owning a hotel at some point in my life. I think I just want to like be Faulty Towers. I don't really know. <laughs> so I like that you went with like Faulty Towers rather than being like, I want it to be like the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
Oh, that would be cool. That too. would be cool, right? That, yeah. that would be probably way cooler than yeah. Faulty Towers. Yeah, don't be, don't, you don't want to be John Cleese. Don't be John Cleese. Oh, John Cleese is one of those people who I like. I think I'm going to freak out when he passes away. He just seems to be like such a wonderful, heavenly person yeah. already, doesn't he? Let's not think about okay. it. Okay. He we'll won't move, die. We'll He's a living then. legend. Back, I'm avoiding my career narrative. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, from wanting to be an architect at age 12, how did I get here? I've always been cursed, I would say, with using both sides of my brain. Uh, so I I would say at my very, very core, I'm actually an artist more than anything else. I have entrepreneurial tendencies, but I also have tendencies to want to uh, protect myself financially and, and be safe in my career and things like that. And yeah. I think I've always had to balance these two in my life. So I think that's probably where wanting to be a lawyer maybe came from was this is a steady career. And especially if you think about whatever, 15 or more years ago when I was that age and it was me very focused on, you know, what's a good thing that I could do to be sort of safe in my career. And I think I've, I've still kept these two parallel tracks moving forward. Um, and I think that's how I wound up in tech because tech you get to be very, very creative and very, very business driven at the same time. Uh, and it's a really nice fusion for me to be able to use my creativity to help businesses grow. I, that is sort of where I excel is, is crossing over between those two mindsets. As far as how I got to Berlin with this California accent and now sitting here in London. Um, oh man. Uh, I, I feel like every expat has a funny story where they, you know, someone says, oh, how did you wind up in London? How did you wind up in Berlin? And I always kind of have to hesitate. I The only ever people I've ever seen do this are people who are getting PhDs. And you're like, what's your PhD about? And they go, um, <laughs> so how did I wind up here? Uh, in 2009, I spent a summer in Barcelona and it totally just like blew my brain open. Okay. And the only way I can explain it is I saw that there were it wasn't like I said, oh, I want to live outside America. It's that my realm of possibilities expanded, I would say. So I wasn't just constricting myself to these, you know, seven cities or, or 20 cities or whatever. Obviously, the States is, is a massive zone. But I just thought, oh, I loved this. Like, I, I can pick from any one of these places. Um, I went back to the States, finished my degree, uh, came immediately back to England to kill two birds with one stone, and I did a master's in jazz performance in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. You can't see my, the face that I just made. Um, I just made a face. Sorry. Really in Yorkshire? Really? Uh huh. It's wow. so And it satisfies me so much to like say that to Southerners, especially because I also did a semester abroad in London at one point. So I'm very familiar with this city, and I'm also very familiar with the North. So I feel like the the Switzerland of England, where I'm like I've lived in both. I think you guys are both great. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You should just live in the Midlands. You're in the middle. Yes, because Birmingham is such a beautiful place. Centre Birmingham's all right. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Got family from Birmingham. I never lived there though, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. That's so. Interesting. Yeah, but once again, going back to my right brain, left brain thing, I got a master's in jazz performance and I kept telling people it was my version of a gap year because I couldn't let myself give into that artist personality enough. Yeah. And I couldn't just say, oh, away with, you know, business, away with safety, I'll just focus on my art. 
Um, I'm still so grateful that I did it. And I actually, I think just now, finally, coming on five years after that master's, uh, I'm starting to warm back up to like, this is a part of me that's not going away. Yes. Yeah. This, this musical part. So anyways, back to the life story. I was in Yorkshire. Um, my student visa was up, kind of defaulted back to America and had this very intense um, safety need within me to like start a 401k, which is a retirement plan in the States. Uh, moved up to San Francisco. I kid you not, I had no idea that tech was even really that big of a thing. I knew that it was a prosperous area of the country where I wouldn't need a car. <laughs> Those were my my two decision makers, which is kind of, I guess, maybe like people moving to London too, right? You're like, I guess I'll go there because that's where jobs are. And there's a tube. And there's a tube, exactly. Yeah. And in San Francisco, there's kind of a tube. Yeah, you have a terrible system in bad. SF. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on the bus every day, which is not like the bus in London no, whatsoever. No, it's not. I was in San Francisco recently, and I, I applied Londoner logic to San mm. Francisco, which was, oh, I won't get a cab. It's not that far. I'll walk. There are reasons oh, you get a cab. Yeah, there yes. are reasons you get a cab. Yeah. yeah. No, naive London guy. I walked very quickly through certain neighborhoods. Yeah, it is shocking to me, actually, in San Francisco. And maybe this sounds like super pro-gentrification. I don't even mean... I'm surprised the city hasn't been gentrified. It was so gross. It just defies logic that in a city that small, there's still these pockets of extreme poverty and like danger zones. It's, yeah. San Francisco has the biggest homelessness problem in the States. Yeah. Which is, it's a, it's a weird, weird city. It wasn't for me at all, which is why I wound up in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it so was not for me. I actually remember, because I was coming, I remember from doing a master's in sweet little Leeds moving to San Francisco, starting my career for the first time. And I was like, okay, I'll take the bus. And I was taking like, you know, England logic, I guess, was still very homesick for the UK and stood on the wrong side of the street to catch the bus for uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> I, kept, I kept seeing the bus go the other direction. I was like, maybe the next one will be for me. <laughs> That's, you know what, that is actually ridiculously cute. <laughs> If it was, if I hadn't been so sad in the moment, it would have been very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm really glad that I that I trained, I guess, in San Francisco because you know, is there a better place to learn tech and the way that things move so quickly and so many iterative patterns and whatever? Amazing. It was it was a very formative year for me, but I was miserable okay. and I just could not get myself excited about moving to any other American city. Um, so yeah, Berlin. I had never been before. Uh, I had a good friend in San Francisco who had been recruited to be their VP of product at SoundCloud. And so he at least could give me the like, look me in the eye and say, yes, the Berlin tech scene does exist. Like believe all the reports, go have a good time. So yeah, I just got on a plane and bought a whole bunch of conference tickets and started shaking hands and had 90 days to sort out my visa, and that was, I guess, two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you bought loads of tickets to conferences. Yeah. And then what was the, the, the moment where everything just kind of was sorted? <laughs> you didn't have to... Uh, yeah. Was there like a, a critical moment or meeting? Yeah, actually. Um, so I, I picked a great time of year to move, which was early May, because Berlin, like any city where there's shit weather, like... It comes alive in the summer, and there's all kinds of amazing networking events, awesome stuff. Uh, I'd met a couple 
other Americans at conferences early on and was asking everybody about like, how'd you get that immigration process sorted? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I met with manager, managing director of Startup Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yes, I am. So Startup Institute is is a really cool program. It's basically kind of post-college career education, which now happens to be one of my passions as well. And they teach coding and digital marketing. And I didn't have a job. I didn't know anyone in Berlin. I just kind of went to – I was meeting with everybody. So I went in to meet with him. And uh, – he kind of gave me some advice about immigration stuff, this, that, whatever. I was thinking, who knows, maybe they'll need some extra community management work done, which is what I was doing at the time. Uh, and he says, oh, like, I actually, I really want you to meet with someone. And he brings out the program coordinator. And in the back of my head, I was like, shit, they're going to try to sell me on taking this class. Like, I don't really want to be in school. This is so awkward. And they asked me to teach the course. Wow. And so I think that was like, and that was before I even got the visa. It was only about five weeks into being in Berlin. But they were like, you seem like you really know your stuff about social media marketing. Can you teach this? We just had a teacher drop out. Can you, can you do the program? And I was like, okay, I think I made it. Everything's okay. So I remember calling my parents that night and being like, I'm pretty sure that things are set here. Like this is just step one, but I, I think it's going to be okay. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. No, just like, Thank just you. let it was, you go. It was really nice to remember back on it, actually. Yeah, no, I always, like, I think it's really nice to actually reflect on that, right? Because I think yeah. at the time, you do get so caught up in, mm. got to get a job, mm-hmm. got to get the visa, got to get mm-hmm. someone to live. You, mm-hmm. you just, you're on this constant right. spiral, right? right. You want to ride, yeah. and then actually yeah. you just need to take a moment to go, oh, oh, I did that. I did it. Well done me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, I, that was a really, really big moment. Um, so, yeah, I think I was really happy about that. And the next one that I remember, actually, um, later that summer, I took on a kind of two, three-month contract to be the marketing director for a big festival that Beta House was running. Beta House is the original co-working space in Berlin, and it's kind of sits right in the middle of the city and everything sort of built up around it. Uh, and so I was giving a tour to other German people around this Beta House co-working space, and that was only about three months into living in Berlin. I was like, wow four months ago I was like reading about this place on the internet and now I'm giving it a tour of it this is awesome good for me <laughs> how did we get here I don't know fab Thanks. okay so you you did details tour great yeah. uh-huh. what what then happened next so talk mm. me through how do you end up sitting across from me today oh man <laughs> um I back to this talk I gave last night when I was saying I do all these different things with my time uh, and there's 12 minutes of Q&A that we're supposed to, to do after the session. And I had just given this very self-indulgent speak about, I don't really know who I am or how I introduce myself, you know, jazz singer, business owner, user experience consultant. And this woman raised her hand in the audience and she goes, it just sounds like you're a communicator and you're a connector. And I have a feeling that you and I are actually really, really similar on this where People ask me, like, why do you know those weird stats about that funding round? Or, like, how do you know so many people who work at SoundCloud? Or how do you know, you know, why do you know so many people in the London tech scene or in Lisbon? And for me, it probably has a lot to do with being self-employed. So I have my fingers in a lot of different pies. Yeah. But I just don't know another way to be involved in the community other than kind of full throttle. And it's not to say that I'm at every single event, but... In Berlin, you have a really wonderful sense of community around the tech scene. It's not something that I see in San Francisco because everyone is so 
busy building giant businesses. Uh, but in a city like Berlin, it's got its up and downsides, but there's a wonderful work-life balance. Um, and so I, I just have kind of run with it and, and, and been a part of the community. And so as far as how that makes me here at this table, I think it's just through talking to people and shaking yeah. hands. And also, actually, I should give a really big plug to the women in business, women in tech communities in Berlin, because that has been a huge part of how I formed my career and, and have gotten so much of my work, actually, to be honest, is uh, there's an amazing community in Berlin called the Geekettes, uh, which was founded in 2012, I guess it was, by an American woman who's since moved back to the States and, and a Berliner who's a good friend of mine. And I sort of knew this community existed and I literally saw one of their, I don't know, Facebook posts or something about their first Lean In Circle meetup. And I just went and it has been the coolest, most amazing way to make grown up girlfriends post university. Uh, yeah. 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 Like that, I, that is what I'm obsessed with so much about the women in business community is you leave uni and it is so hard to make friends in a more natural way. But women in tech slash women in business, whatever you want to call it, gives you that tribal community feeling immediately. And it like gets rid of the female misogyny and like you're not in competition with each other. You're in this group because you all want to be there. So that is absolutely been just such a crucial part of my last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And with Geekettes, you became mm. head of community for yeah. them, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well done, Kathy. You're reading up. <laughs> Looked at LinkedIn. And points to me. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so there was three of you that ran Geekettes, or, or, or um, did, how did the group work? Yeah, it's it's been a true grassroots community. Um, Geekettes actually has chapters in nine cities now across uh, Europe and the states, uh, and there's constantly more opening all the time. But Berlin was the original crew, and so it has the most roots I think uh in in women in business and I volunteered for the position of head of community because I wanted to run a monthly meetup which I hesitate to use the word meetup because meetup usually means that there's someone behind the scenes who's trying to sell you something <laughs> uh which for us I would say maybe rather uniquely is really not true it's completely community driven there's no current business model in berlin there's no secret reason we're growing this community it has just fed all of its members so much that we want an excuse to to see each other once a month and for me because i found out about the geekettes because i was sitting in a cubicle in san francisco miserable and literally just saw it online i want to be able to give that same opportunity to new people who are coming to berlin because berlin is probably one of the softest landing pads in the world for new people. Um, it's such a wonderful international tech community that everyone remembers what it's like to be new. Uh, and I want to be able to, to keep giving back to the next generation. I sound so douchey saying generation two years later. Uh, but the next incoming crop, I should say, yeah. of, of women coming into the city. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to sit at a bar once a month and, and welcome people and ask them what they're doing and how their lives are going. And 
Yeah. 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 I think that's the nice thing. Though. There seems there's a lot of um, affinity between Geekettes and what you girls do, and what Geek Girl Meetup UK mm-hmm. and Geek Girl Meetup overall is all mm-hmm. about as well. And uh, it's really nice actually hearing you talk about keycats because every single reason you've just listed yeah. off for why you love it You're is like, every single one, reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it's is, so and I completely agree with you in terms of you know it's where you meet your girlfriends mm-hmm. post uni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, if I think about it, I've been involved in Geek Girl Meetup now for eighteen months. Yeah, and I've met some of the loveliest people. Oh, yeah. in that time, and yeah. I've I've developed some incredibly close friends. Yeah. as well yeah. it's so powerful yeah so is. everyone needs to go to women in tech meetups yeah and just just do it I mean I think uh, I'm very conscious about the fact that I'm you know a naturally confident person and I don't have problems in social situations and stuff but it is still to me one of the like safest places you can go and I don't even mean that it's away from the men. It has nothing to do about that. It's just about like-minded people getting together and and being able to form those honest friendships. And you need female friendships like so badly. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's uh, just show up. Just show up and someone will ask you what you're doing. The only reason that these women in tech organizations exist is to facilitate this type of community. I think personally. So, so yeah, anyone who's out there who hasn't been, who sees something maybe in their community and they think, ah, oh, maybe I'll go next week when I buy a new skirt. Like, no, just go show up. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make a mental note now to go to Berlin and come yes, to it. I want to absolutely. come to a Geekettes meeting. Do it. Yes. I would definitely do that. You do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. <laughs> I like that you, you know that like, I know I do a lot oh, of things. I'm sorry. It's a good thing. It's, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's, I yeah. think it's, a, I'm very pro side project mm. if you haven't noticed. Yes, naturally. <laughs> yes. So I think it's a fantastic thing to do just yeah. as long as occasionally you manage to sleep and you have a gin at the same time and it's fine. All of the above. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for other people out there, with what you've done, especially because, mm-hmm. you know, you you have been incredibly brave, really, because, you know, you've gone from America over to Barcelona, you've been to Leeds, you've done London, you've gone back to San Francisco, and then you've come back out and you've just started a new life in Berlin. Yeah. Which, you know, for a lot of people can't do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in taking those kind of bold leaps in your career, you know, what what do you think is the, the one lesson you would pass along to, to anyone who maybe, you know, kind of a similar stage to you say it sits at that left uni ready for the, the next thing in my life. Yeah. Um, this is a really hard one. And I, because I had such a horrible time in San Francisco and that was me, you know, being weirdly homesick for a foreign country and starting my career and being in a city where I didn't know a lot of people. Um, I had such a hard time with that early transition uh, out of university. And I think the thing that I've learned, and it takes a while to learn it, is that no one is making you do any of this. That would probably be the thing that I am still realizing, especially with all my side projects, you know, fast forward five years later now. But I personally, and I think it is a deeply American quality, but I also think that it's a quality in a lot of women as well. Um, you have this 
vision in your head of what you think you're supposed to be doing or what you think your parents expect from you or because you got, you know, whatever, a two-one that you should be going to this type of job instead of that type of job or, or whatever. And I remember being so, 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 so miserable in San Francisco and I had just taken my like seventh flight home to San Diego to see my parents and my cousin was there and she's kind of bouncing a baby on her hip and whatever and she was like, well, it kind of sounds like you hate San Francisco and I was like, yeah, I do and she goes, okay, well, like, I mean, are you like, are you going to move home or, and to me, I had such an emotionally triggering reaction to that because I was like, oh my God, like, you know, she actually thinks that I failed or whatever, that wasn't what she was saying at all. Yeah. Like, she was asking, hey, I care about you. You look unhappy. What are you going to do now? <laughs> like, there was no expectation being put on me that wasn't in my own brain. Yeah. So that would be, and it's a hard one to learn. Yeah. It's, yeah, but I had an amazing, have an amazing musician friend. She's a folk singer who lives up in Yorkshire. And... When I met her, I was just about 22, I guess, going into my master's, and she was 28 at the time, and I thought she was so old. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, I was, I was just out of my bachelor's degree. I was like, wow, grown ups. Uh, and we went to see this gig together at some point. It was just like an amazing, wonderful energy. Um, and she said, oh yeah, like about the time that I turned 26, I had this big revelation. And I said, what was that, Fran? And she said. I just kind of looked around the room and I realized that everybody, let me try to get this right. Everybody is living their own interpretation of what they think life is supposed to be like. And that has stuck with me as I've now grown, you know, past age 26. It's like everyone's just living their own interpretation of what they think life is supposed to be like. Yeah. And That's it's pretty, all in your head. Pretty apt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, I love that thing because I like, you know, looking back at 22-year-old me when I did start, again, similar thing, you, you make friends yeah. who are older and you're like, I have old friends. And, then, <laughs> and now you're their age and you're like, yeah, I am not old. <laughs> I still got it. Everything's fine. I'm still lost. I <laughs> still don't quite know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that's a big lesson, yeah. isn't it, with age? I sometimes have these panic attacks where I look around the room, especially in tech, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I look around and I'm like, there are people in here who are in their 40s and I don't think any of you are grown-ups. I'm so scared. Where are the adults? <laughs> you know, I think that, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy that they're not adults because yeah. I don't really want to be an adult when I'm yeah. 40. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's it's a weird one, isn't yeah. it? So let's, let's kind of move on to... Um, what you digest on a daily basis. So what are you mm. what are you reading or absorbing that kind of gives you that little spark of imagination and drive? Right now, uh, just this week, I'm totally going to give a plug for someone else's podcast. Liz Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Do you listen to her Magic Lessons podcast? I have not, no. <gasps> oh my God. So I'm completely obsessed with Liz Gilbert. That would be my first answer to this question. And it's hilarious because I've never actually read Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> Uh, but her entire career is now focused on, she calls it the contract that we have between ourselves and creativity. And so effectively the thesis statement or the thesis question is, what do you do with your time and your career and your energy and your creativity after you've achieved the pinnacle of your career, which is 
having Julia Roberts play you in a movie. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, know? is that is that not what you're aiming for with That's your career? Kind of, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Mm. I was kind of personally hoping for Sandra Bullock, but we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh, I could totally see that. That would totally work for you. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, Liz Gilbert had this amazing, big, insane book happen. And then the way that she is as a person, she couldn't just stop writing. She wasn't going to cash it in, which I think a lot of entrepreneur culture is totally the opposite, right? Especially in the tech world. It's like, even though people won't say it, they're like, yeah, I'm going to exit and then I'm going to go fuck off to a beach. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm never going to do this again. Whereas from the artist mentality, you know, Paul McCartney's still playing shows. Bruce Springsteen still plays three hours a night. Like, when you have that sort of artist passion in you, you never really stop. And so she's been talking a lot recently about about how that contract with your creativity works. So her Magic Lessons podcast is based on her most recent book that she wrote called Big Magic, which I also haven't read yet. And uh, the podcast is just amazing because she talks to people who aren't giving into their creativity and aren't giving into their creative need. Maybe they have an idea for a book at the back of their head, but they're too scared to go do it. And she just has a conversation about like, why, you know, why are you not letting yourself do this thing? If you have this, you know, inner voice, inner monologue that keeps telling you to do it, what is the next step? You know, what, what can we talk about? And then she'll talk to one of her famous friends. Like the last episode I listened to was, uh, Brandon Stanton from Humans of New York, who will also weigh in on these cases. And so, yes, Magic Lessons podcast. It gets my A plus plus mark. Wow, that's yeah. okay. A plus plus. Yes. Okay, I'm <laughs> definitely going to have to listen to this podcast, yeah, aren't I? Okay, it. it's like Oprah for 2016. Ooh, that's a good tagline for yes. that show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Definitely getting on that. Yeah. What else? What about reading? I haven't been doing a lot of self help emotional education reading to be honest this year because I've been trying to disconnect so much from the news political news I would say that like in in years past I've I've done all kinds of you know focusing around other artists and I read autobiographies and things like that and this year I've just when you asked that question realized I and I'm okay to admit it haven't been doing a ton of book reading because I get so tired from the internet that's fair yeah I think yeah. that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. Given yeah. the current... We're not going to get into politics no, right now. It's too upsetting to. for both yeah. of us, given our country's of origin. Yay! <laughs> yeah. One more question, then. Uh, I'm going to get you to tell me a little bit more about entry-level boss. Yes. But before that, if you had to pick a role model or someone who's been an inspiration to you. Mm. This is always such a tough one, because I feel like there's role models for every different aspect of my career and every different aspect of my life like I always say I don't believe in soulmates but if I did believe in soulmates there'd have to be one for every city I lived in yeah wherever you know part of my personality um I'm just talking out loud and avoiding this answer no it's actually (laughs) so you know one of the things I love about this is that some people are very quick to go yeah this person it's definitely Gandhi (laughs) (laughs) I've had some interesting responses on the show um, but I think the the nice thing is that you know it's quite quite it's actually very telling about who you are as a person mm. because in all honesty when I've had this question flipped at me I struggle because yeah. if I really put my mind to it there's probably about a hundred different people that I'd go they're amazing I love yeah. them I love yeah. what they do but that's very typical of my personality because mm. I love lots and lots and lots and lots of different things and mm. you know like 
both of us do it's like different projects different yeah. parts of your brain yeah um so it's not a bad thing to go Ooh, tough one yeah I mean, it doesn't have to have to be one like there are a couple of people that you can think of that you go yeah i really freaking love them yeah i've had this weird career obsession recently with ed sheeran <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> So I have a, a good friend in Berlin who, we actually, this is hilarious, he's my guitarist, he played on my last album, and we met on Medium. I had been writing this post about the fact that I was doing daily singing on Instagram, and it was part of the 100 Day Project, if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Um, and then this guitarist uh, sent me an email, because he read my post, and then we bonded, and then I, you know, put him in my band. Uh, but we talk a lot about artist strategy and music strategy because the dirty little secret of being an artist is that you are running a business. No one ever likes to say it that way, but it's completely what you're doing. Um, you know, Beyonce hires a manager. She hires an agent. These aren't people who kind of take her on as a pet project. Uh, so Ed Sheeran, for some reason, I've kind of focused in on this case because he actually wasn't very good when he started. And if you go to his Spotify page, he still has all of his old albums up. And he put out like five or six, five to 10 song records before you heard of yeah. any of his tunes. And it's just that wonderful classic perseverance, right? And the only YouTube black hole that I can really go into is watching live lounge performances <laughs> because when you see artists covering each other and they're all singing songs they don't know very well, it, for me, I don't get jealous. I get more of an almost ego confidence rush and I just sit there and I go, you're not any better than me. Like you just kept going and that's what you did. You just kept going. Uh, so yeah, I think that's why I have this weird obsession with Ed Sheeran. I he's, he's cool. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> I met him. Yeah, awesome. I met him when he was, I don't know, like 19 or something. Oh, so sweet. this was a couple of years before he got signed. Okay. Uh, the university I went to hosted this show and the year prior to when I met him, he'd won it. So he awesome. had come back as the kind of, hey, I'm back a year later. I still don't know Last year's Miss deal. America. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Um, he's a nice guy. Just kind of, yeah. he's like, hey, you all right? Yeah, you all right? Good. Yeah. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's really, you know, obviously we had a, <laughs> we had a moment together. Um, yeah, it was quite special. Yeah. So, right, before we wrap up, yes. entry level boss. Entry level boss. Tell me about it and then tell me about the podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, entry level boss uh, is my new company and it is a career empowerment resource. So, the question that you were asking about what do you do right after you graduate from uni and you haven't got a clue, this is exactly the conversation that I'm growing and building. So, I have a weekly newsletter which I'm not going to brag. It's everyone's favorite newsletter. Uh, and then I've just started a podcast. And right now I'm building out a two-week-long online education program that basically takes you through all the stuff that people think you're just supposed to learn on the job. So how to approach contacts on LinkedIn and how to write your Twitter bio if you're trying to get hired yeah. and how to answer a cold email from your you know, mom's friend who could maybe possibly introduce you to someone else. Like all of those writing, marketing, personal branding things on the personal job seeker level, this is what I'm obsessed with. Uh, so, so yeah, just trying to have that conversation and, and take a little bit of the fear and panic out of the job search. And right now 
I've been mostly focusing on the American market uh, because of course that's my background, but I think it's also something that's so important for the UK and I'm looking forward to actually coming out with kind of a different bespoke version of, of this online academy project, especially for the British market. Because it is, there are there are nuances. Yes. Uh, and I think that they deserve their own product. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say about the LinkedIn approach. I had a brilliant one this week. Oh, tell me. Uh, so uh, a guy connected with me on LinkedIn. Okay. And I just, I, with most people, I just go, yes, accept, it's fine. Or whatever. Um, but then I realized he'd actually done like a LinkedIn connect message. So oh, I read yeah, the message yeah. after accepting. And bless, he just kind of said, hey, Kathy, it was great to meet you at that event last night. And my response was, hi, Chris, I didn't go. That's awesome. So <laughs> He was trying. He was trying. I don't know. It was just one of those things where it's like, Funny. Uh, mm, no, uh, no, 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 yeah, no. yeah. It's, anyway, um, luckily I'm the kind of person that can laugh it off, so it's okay. A but forever. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, bless. We've got the connection. I don't know what will come off of the back of it now, but yeah. anyway, cool. And the podcast. Yes. Um. So yeah, we have just started our own podcast, Entry Level Boss, basically taking questions from the audience about. <sighs> Everything related to the job search and every question that you're too afraid to ask about how to write a resume, how to write a cover letter. Um, we've done a lot of talk around, you know, how to be confident in your early career, uh, why you need to choose an industry to go into and not just say you want a job in marketing, things like that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a good, fun adventure so far. We're just at the beginning stages. Yeah. And where can people find the podcast? You can find the podcast. It's the Entry Level Boss podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, and if you come to entrylevelboss.com, you can sign up for the newsletter. Brilliant. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Oh, yeah. Come find me on Twitter or Instagram at Alexa Schoen. Okay. That's and great. also, just really quickly, but where can people go listen to your beautiful music? Oh, yeah, that too. Spotify. Actually, if I really want to put in the plug, I'm looking for more Spotify followers right now because Spotify has a really crazy thing where you're not allowed to have access to your own artist page until you have a certain amount of followers. So go follow me on Spotify. How many followers do you need before you can? 250. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So see what you're doing there, Spotify. All right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much yeah, for coming in absolutely. and doing this. It's been lovely to finally meet you in person. I know. It's so exciting. And and have an amazing chat. So yes. thank you. And uh, I am going to pester you for more questions after this. Um, <laughs> but to, to wrap up, uh, guys, if you're not aware, the Geek Girl Meetup UK conference is happening on October 8th. A little reminder, the theme of this year's conference is the way we're wired. So we're looking at the way in which technology has impacted our daily human lives, everything from the way we find a sexual partner through to our own mental health and well-being, and then looking the other way and going, hmm, how are we as human beings shaping the technology of the future? And we'll be looking at artificial intelligence, robotics, VR, AR, education, politics, beautiful, everything. It's going to be awesome. And that will be at the Ministry of Justice. Tickets will be on sale very soon. So if you haven't already, head to the website geekgirlmeetup.co.uk and sign up for our newsletter and pre-register to be notified when early bird tickets go on sale. You can also follow us at GGMUK on Twitter, geekgirlmeetup.uk on Facebook, and I'm Kathy White at Kathy White 10 and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for flying in from Berlin. You are so welcome. It's been a pleasure. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.